On the internet mm-hmm. where are we two white dudes on a zoom live in your walls we're everywhere well this we're is uh episode one man of the, the hill pod- kings podcast it's as that pod- southern man it- mentioned in the theme song which was me hill kings podcast that southern man from canada yeah I am Brad. You are Crisp. I have been. And this is the Hill Kings podcast. The watching back King of the Hill episodes and just chatting, having some fun. Yep. We are two best friends. Best Uh, acquaintances. Best acquaintances. Yeah. uh, Distant somewhat acquaintances mm-hmm. co-workers really loose loose associates yeah yeah um you depends have on the interesting per- perspective of being oklahoman mm-hmm. which is i mean pretty much texas it's kind of like worse texas if that's possible uh you're from edmond oklahoma incorrect Yes, Chris not, is we are from not Edmund, letting that Oklahoma. Get into we are war. starting with that as canon of the podcast. Chris is from Edmond, Oklahoma. Moving on. I lived in Oklahoma for okay. what, like 15 years. Uh, we've both spent a lot of time in Texas. Oh, man. You're frozen so much, too. Mm-hmm. This is going to be great video content. Yeah. If you're watching on oh, YouTube, nice. comment I frozen about on my end how all. good Chris looks. It's just kind of choppy. It's not too bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, we have we have perspective. We've we've spent a lot of time in Texas. I have met a lot of people who are mm-hmm. basically characters of King of the Hill. What yeah, was your? I think, uh, the... No, go ahead. Now this is we're already getting into the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. We're already getting into the uh, awkward talk over parts of podcasts yep. um yeah so i'm from oklahoma uh, Edmund. there's a lot of oh in fact, um oklahoma city uh there's a lot of parts of oklahoma and territory that i work and visit in that definitely feels very much like arland Texas. uh growing up my grandparents lived in a trailer park town outside of houston called tom ball slash nolia um, today tom ball and magnolia yeah tom's balls um nice back then it was a real kind of small way out suburb very dunk type of town now that area is like big and built up but definitely have a lot of experience with kind of that small town feel and then just the kind of blue collar nature of the show i started watching it don't even recall when it's just kind of always been on um you know uh, runs of you know comedy central adult swim song, box and effects 
Um, so I was a kid, you could find King of the Hill on pretty, like, you could check three channels at any given time during the day, and you might be able to find King of the Hill on, on one of them, especially in the evening hours. Um, so we kind of watched it where we see it. You, uh, you grew up in Canada. Yeah. So you guys got it like secondhand. They had to like fly it in a plane and drop the tapes. Yeah. To uh, you. I am uh, basically just talking to a still image of you at this point because you're so <laughs> frozen. <laughs> but yeah, it. I grew up in Canada. I remember because I was a huge Simpsons fan and would watch it every week from the age of like five, basically. Um, I was like six years old when this episode aired. So I probably watched it air live because it came on right after The Simpsons in 1997. But had no concept of what Texas was or the South. But it's it's something that I watched pretty much from the time that it started and followed through all 13 seasons. So did you, as a kid, did you just like think that's what like all Americans yeah. were like? Or Yeah, and then I moved to Oklahoma when I was like 15 or 16 and saw like I remember there was a Whataburger down the street from our house and I was like that's the restaurant from King of the Hill like that's so weird that's <laughs> real so I definitely that's so funny it like coming to the U.S. and there's something that came up in this episode that we're going to talk about today Segway, dang mm. it Bobby um that one of my first experiences with someone in class like goofing around was like him quoting this episode of King of the Hill. Heck yeah. Yeah, definitely. Heck yeah. Felt that it kind of shaped my perspective of the South and then moving there confirmed my perspective nice. of the South because it's a pretty realistic representation of life in yeah. Texas, I would say. Slash Oklahoma. Well, you also, uh, you didn't move to a like populous metropolitan part of the state of which no, in Oklahoma there's only I, Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Yeah, I was in southwest Oklahoma. I was basically on the Texas border. Uh -huh. Like I think less than an hour away from the Texas border. Mm -hmm. We would go to like Wichita Falls all the time, which is something that comes up in King of the Hill and like Dallas. That was like our we would go to the Great Vine Mills Mall in Dallas, Texas. Truly. Um, should we start talking about this episode? The whole reason we're yeah, here. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get into all right season one episode. One. That's our Hell interlude. Yeah. You like uh, that? Yes. That well, in the pilot, we actually get a goal open. We don't open right on theme song. In the pilot, right off the bat, we kind of get a, an overhead view of Arlen following a mosquito. I don't know if you notice that. It's very um kind of Forrest Gump-esque. You know how Forrest Gump opens with the feather floating down. I've never seen I kinda it. kind of got a nice little uh <laughs> or is it Gump you said? Yeah. Yeah. Is that new? It, uh it's about a Canadian guy that moves to Oklahoma. Oh shit. Um, you'll That's love cool. it. Yeah. yeah. And his name is uh, Forrest? Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So the episode kind of opens, follows a mosquito down over Arlen, kind of Forrest Gump-esque, and then it lands on the back of Hank's neck. Um, 
Hank and the boys are, uh, they've got the hood of Hank's truck open. Um, I think it's, I can't remember who says might be the time and motor. Uh, and that's kind of well, how we get starts into it. with the very first line is yep, which is fitting because yep. I believe that the very last line in the last episode was also yep. So, mm. yeah, fun, fun trivia. You're skipping ahead, Brad. We haven't recorded that episode. Once we yet. get to season 13, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that. But yeah, the, the first thing we that really yep. jumped out to me was how obviously like hand drawn it was like you could tell mm -hmm. very much like the movement of the characters and the characters obviously because it's a pilot episode they look kind of rough but yeah immediately get, get that, that really nice like watercolor background yeah the backgrounds are iconic in king of the hill even as you know the animation gets better over time um it does have a very very unique feel you're talking about you were talking earlier about juxtaposition of characters and how they change over time right in the beginning here that line from dale i think suggests off the bat like in the pilot that dale originally was supposed to be much more stupid type of character um where i think later on you know he's obviously a pretty uh clever guy he's crazy certainly um, but I thought it was interesting that like the first line we get from Dale is kind of an obvious. Yeah, there were a couple like, things dumb. that I noticed in like a few characters that definitely took a turn over time. Like there's one point where kind of on the same note of the truck and like them just trying to like figure out what's wrong with the truck. Like there's a point later on where Luann fixes it. And then it's like, oh, she's somehow like really good with like mechanics. But mm -hmm. does that come up anymore? Because I remember Luann being like pretty dumb blonde. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something that ever is a through line, like Luann being like really smart or like adept at anything. Um, I mean, she definitely displays success in 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 other things later on. Um, whether she like fails her way into those or whether you know she's actually dedicated. I think she's a pretty dedicated person. Who knows? Yeah, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, but before we leave the truck, I think it's funny. Hank's solution. Hank's solution at the end, he says, uh, my truck needs his leadership. Yeah, and he grumbles about, uh, you know, Detroit. Uh, oh, American made automobiles. Something that I looked up, he references George Bush vomiting on like a japanese car manufacturer uh -huh. that is something that actually happened what i looked it up uh january 8th 1992 while attending a banquet hosted by prime minister of japan kichi miyazawa uh, u.s president president george hw bush fainted after vomiting in miyazawa's lap they said it was acute gastroenteritis which mm. i'm guessing is just like a little tummy he ache. Had a, he had an upset tummy. Yeah, but I th Hank says something about like the the best thing that they've done for like the U.S. car manufacturers is when George Bush like threw up on that Japanese prime minister. But that's a real yeah. thing. So we get a nice a nice dose of that blue collar American made love and spirit. And then yeah. after the uh, then after the truck scene, it gives us the first 
theme song. So the truck scene is kind of a cold open. We get the theme song. Um, and then we kind of immediately get into the beginning of the plot of this episode, which centers around, um, starts off kind of at a baseball game. So Bobby's in his room. He's got his uniform on, but he's, he's got a Walkman, which I he's got a Walkman. I noticed, and Hank takes a listen to what he's listening to, and it's very obviously like inspired by the Jerky Boys. Did you ever listen to the Jerky Boys? No, you didn't. Oh shit, that was classic, classic nineties. I had like a couple cassette tapes of their like prank calls, and would do prank calls all the time. So uh, that one hit my. Me. Uh... We we definitely did some prank calls, but uh, no, I never I never had any of those tapes. Crank Yakers used to love that though. Yeah, um, that was also kind of I would say inspired by the Jerky Boys. They were kind of the OG. Yeah. That prank scene, boys though, after um, after Hank hears the the toilets, one of one of his lines is, "What that person has is a medical condition." Yeah, <laughs> and then in that scene there we get our very first boy ain't right. So right off in the pilot episode, that scene there, we get a we get a boy ain't right from Hank about his son Bobby. So that's our first boy ain't right. Oh, uh, I thought I had a boy ain't right. Dang it, Bobby! I don't. Next time, <laughs> um, I'll add so it. So really after uh, Hank leaves Bobby's room, uh, he goes to use the bathroom, but accidentally walks in on Luann uh, in a towel. Luann is his niece. Says that Luann he's reveal. got a minor son. From there, we get in the car to go to the baseball game. Hank tells Bobby if he wants to win, he's going to have to give 110%. Uh, and then yep. we get a nice dialogue in the car about, uh, well, what if I give 111 or 112 or 113? Um, and that's our first uh, real intro to Peggy as well, right? Yes. Outside of the seeing her in the theme song, that is the first time that we see Peggy. Correct. It's a quick little scene in the car. We get to the ball field. Bobby gets on base purely by accident, by a misthrown pitch. He doesn't even swing his bat. So Bobby gets on base simply by standing there and the ball hits bat. So Bobby gets on base by not taking a swing, which I think is pretty funny. And then something else I noticed in this initial baseball scene of him getting on base, it's kind of always, Bobby's always presented as like not athletic. Um, not a very functional person. He manages to run pretty fast to first base and miss the throw <laughs> pretty quickly. I did so not. I think I did not catch that. I mean, he got on base and he had to hustle to get there. So, so prop to Bobby. But once Bobby's on base, we kind of get the uh, the seed for what will turn into the conflict for the rest of the episode, which is Bobby uh, catching a baseball to the eye. Um, I thought this joke setup was really nice, kind of classic of of Hank saying, you know, keep your, Bobby, keep your eye on the ball. And Bobby's like, what? I can't yeah. hear you. And they do kind of back and forth. And then Bobby, uh, Bobby catches a shiner. Uh, and pretty much right after that, we're snapped back to the car ride home. Oh, and he needs Power? to stop at the uh, Megalomart, right? Yes, he needs to stop at the Megalomart. So um, I took a note here. He's going to get WD-40 and a tap and die. Do you know what a tap and tap die, die is? Because I felt like the uh, the the clerk in Megalomart. <laughs> I guess we could Google yeah, that. Uh, yeah. 
I've heard of it dying. I think it has to do something like tapping screws or something like that. I feel like that has to do with metal working screws. Yeah, that's what's there's I'm somebody in the showcasing how much of a non-handy man I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um Happened while you're I... looking that up, I did notice Boomhauer is the umpire for yeah. the little league game. Yeah, is that Another... ever anything that comes up again? That doesn't really seem like something Boomhauer would do, right? I don't know. We'll see. I guess it's a super small town where, you know, a guy without kids is umpiring the little league games. But no, that was just something <laughs> I noted. Oh, I forgot. I had another, I had another note over here uh, in the baseball scene. Hank tells Bobby before he, before he gets on base, he says, if you want to get on base, you have to swing. Oh uh, yeah. And Bobby says, well, the pitcher could walk me. And Lawyer Hank ball. says, don't play lawyer ball. Yeah. I also noticed in the, in the, uh, I honestly don't really know um, off of my quick Google search. It's still uh, to be determined. So we'll come next time with uh, more knowledge on what a tap and die is. But I did notice in that scene in the Megalomart, the guy that he's talking to the like teenager, is that Buckley? Mm Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure that out as well. I think it is. I think, but it I didn't it sound is. like Buckley. I think it's just like the same character mm-hmm. like design. Yeah, I think this might be a case where, you know, there's just some drawn in characters in the pilot and they haven't really come in to their full own yet. Or this could be somebody completely different from Buckley. It could be Buckley's older brother. Who knows? Yeah. Because Buckley uh, supposedly is what, you know, another middle schooler or Buckley's a high schooler, I guess. No, yeah. Buckley was like Luann's boyfriend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess he's that very well could be Buckley. I guess he's old enough to have a job. But his voice just hadn't changed yet in that episode, maybe. Yeah. Balls had dropped. Hank is looking. Hank is looking for WD-40 and a tap and die. He's asking this character here in the Megalomart who has more questions than he has answers. He doesn't know what a tap and die is. He wants to, you know, and neither what, do we. wants to know what Hank's working on. Yeah, neither do we. All the meanwhile, Bobby in the background is um, swinging around, you know, a, a dowel rod or some type of cardboard tube. And as Hank's kind of raising his voice, at this worker, we start to get a little glimpse of some ladies uh, in the aisle talking about, you know, that Hank Hill sure has a temper, sure makes you wonder how his kid got that black eye. And then <laughs> as Hank's temper uh, is kind of boiling over on this worker who may or may not be Buckley, Bobby knocks over a display, which kind of causes Hank to raise his voice and lose it a little bit and then get a montage of the ladies in the town um, talking about how Hank hit his kid and, um, you know, threatened to beat up the worker and yada, yada. So a little rumor mill gets started. Game of um, telephone, has, as it were. Yeah, Hank has abused his son. And that's what um, kind of sets up the main conflict for the rest of the episode. Somebody says, um, somebody ought to report him. And we get a, uh, a flash to an office. Um, of a of a a twig uh, a twiggy individual <laughs> a twig boy uh, a twig a twiggy individual getting a call uh, and 
promising to start a case. So that's kind of the main crux of the episode is that um, DHS gets called. Another for... thing in uh, the Megalomart, like when he starts getting frustrated with Buckley or not Buckley, and just asks like where a hammer is like do you know where that is like a diam mm -hmm. hammer that was the like guy in school like when i first moved to oklahoma he had like a spot on hank hill impression and he would just go like i need a damn hammer and that's just something that i've said for I need a years. damn hammer yeah so i i didn't remember this episode like at all going into it i probably haven't watched it in more than 10 years and when we got to that, like right off the bat, I was like, oh, the hammer line. That's classic. Oh! Uh, so, that's a note that a I tap had. and die. A tap and die uh, are tools used to create screw threads. Ah, okay. Yeah. Mm. The, uh, the tap is what you use to make the female end of the mating pair um, oh. of a nut. And the die is what you use to create a, uh, a male end. So okay, we learned gonna, something here. He's gonna like, he's gonna custom make a solution for his truck, which is very impressive. So, yeah, we switch then from the mega or <laughs> once the Twiggy individual gets called. Oh, what I I wrote down, he's got some wrist guards on at his desk, <laughs> um, like carpal tunnel, and he takes them off, and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I did really like the um, yeah. the next scene where they're kind of talking about like global warming and it being mm -hmm. hot, like when they're back outside at the truck. One, yeah. our first like Dale conspiracy that like the government is controlling yep. the weather, which is interesting because mm -hmm. that's still very much a conspiracy that conspiracy Dale theory. would have today. Like that's a pretty common conspiracy. But Hank saying if it gets one degree hotter, I'll kick your ass. Got me. Yes, I think that was I one of the. That the biggest moments where I where I had an actual LOL. Yeah, I really thought that was funny too. If we get one degree hotter, I'm kicking your ass. Uh, <laughs> right before that, Dale, at the end of his kind of like climate ramble, he goes, we're going to grow oranges in Alaska. Yeah, that was good too. Yeah, that, that scene definitely stood out to me. Throwing it back to, uh, you were talking earlier about... Uh, little throw-ins the uh the george bush putting on the prime minister's lap uh dale mentions uh, a name about butros golly golly oh yeah butros butros golly yeah butros butros golly supposedly well not supposedly historically the uh sixth general secretary so. former secretary general of the united nations mm -hmm. that's such a goaded name dude Boutros Boutros Ghali Boutros, he's a, Boutros I guess Ghali. that's Egyptian yes Dale and calls he... him Boutros Boutros Ghali Ghali yeah <laughs> oh he died in uh, 2016 ripped to the goat ripped to Boutros or maybe I don't know I don't know how he stands historically so Maybe we send Boutros, maybe we don't. I don't know. I'm not making those claims. We're really outing how dumb we are just right off the bat. <laughs> hey, episode one. It's the pilot. Okay. Uh, he so oversaw there's... the UN during a period coinciding with several world crises, including the breakup of Yugoslavia and the Rwandan genocide. I don't. I don't really know what he did, but... 
I guess we can do more guys Boutros, Boutros golly recap. Sound off in the comments if we should be canceled or not for Boutros Boutros golly or not. Or educate um, us on Boutros Boutros golly if anyone's a golly expert. Yeah. Golly G. Uh, so that as was, the, that was the bad. boys are. Yeah. Damn, I, I Daniel. Was. <laughs> um, so there's uh, the alley mates are in the front yard talking about climate and there's a thumping sound going on in the background which is annoying hank we see that this is bobby uh in his room throwing a baseball against the wall peggy comes in and tells him to stop throwing that baseball peggy gets distracted by the tv um but goes to turn it off and bobby accidentally hits her in the side of the head with a baseball so peggy ends up with a little bit of a bruise as well oh as they're outside um really really nice bit of uh cartoon violence uh what really sets off hank here as the social worker shows up is um dale is not shining the light properly oh yeah that's uh, in classic to dad. the hood of the truck yeah i've been there uh, i have held the flashlight yep i think we all have yeah. uh and i have also not held the flashlight correctly uh however uh is never resulted in a car hood falling on my dad, uh, which that seems extremely painful. Yeah, there was one time where I was holding a ladder for my dad. He was um, installing like one of those old ladders that you had to put. It was like spring loaded and you had to like fasten it with like a spike, basically mm-hmm. a tap and die, if you would. And it was tensioned. I was holding the ladder. My uncle was like up on another ladder holding something. And the tension from the spring like shot the spike out. And it went through my dad's arm, like clean through his arm as I was holding the ladder. And I got scared and like stepped away. And then he like stumbled off the ladder. So kind of one-upping Hank in that scenario. Yeah. Well, Hank, it's uh, slammed in the hood the hood of his truck and none of his friends stick around to help him. <laughs> when does the social worker show up at their place? Is it it's like right um, after he this, shows, right? He shows up kind of as they're working on the truck or it's it's oh, right yeah, yeah. after. And for folks that are kind of confused on the layout of the house, very popular neighborhood design in the suburbs of texas is alleyway behind the house so your garages are in the back of the house connected to an alley the front of your house is actually on the street so social worker shows up to the front door hank and the boys are in the alley so that's why you didn't see him show up but he shows up roughly at the same time hank comes in rather hot yells at bobby for not throwing that ball Dang it, throws bobby. the ball out of the door yeah exactly Um, oh we also in this scene get the first establishment of peggy not being able to speak spanish whenever the social worker is uh is talking to them yeah i actually had a note about her bringing up that she was a substitute teacher as well this is the first time it's obviously a huge point of pride for peggy throughout the entire show and in the pilot we even get her being proud of being a substitute uh teacher yeah, I, with like zero context on Spanish speaking, obviously living in Northeastern Canada and me being like a small boy, I could even tell 
I remember like watching the show as a kid and being like, she doesn't really know how to speak Spanish, does she? That's not correct, Espanol. Yeah, incorrectante. That's a word. Yeah, that's... So social worker is sitting on the couch interviewing the fam, wants to know if Bobby got the black eye, asks Peggy if, you know, the baseball is how so, you know, how she got that bruise kind of, you know, implying that that Hank has uh, been abusing his family. Um, this scene is also a first mention of Hank's narrow urethra. Yeah, that is also established right off the bat in the pilot. Social it's Dale that mentions they have that, any right? other kids. No, it Dale does mention it again, um, but Peggy actually brings it up to the social worker. Uh, okay. Social worker asks that if they have any other kids, and um, Peggy says no on account of Hank's narrow urethra. Yeah, which obviously embarrasses and probably enrages Hank a little bit more. And then Hank um, kind of blows up. Calls him a twig boy bureaucrat. Tells him to get the hell out yep. of his house. Yep. Uh, I did like the animation there when Hank was blowing up. Like the red in his cheeks. It it mm -hmm. all looked very like rough. But yes, the where his cheeks puff up. He gets a headache. Tells Peggy that oh, he yeah. needs his BC headache powder. Which um, I've never heard of. Yes. This scene here, on top of the first narrow urethra and on top of the first substitute teacher, we also get our first um, propane and propane accessories. I sell propane and propane accessories. Exactly. <laughs> it's right at the beginning. Uh, it's right at the beginning of Hank's kind of um, speech about his taxes going to pay twig boy bureaucrats, um, you know, saying he works for a living. So that's where we get our first propane and propane accessories of the series. Uh, and that won't come kicks, up again. Uh, yeah. No, it should be the first time. When last he kicks time. him out of the house. Yeah. First time, last time. <laughs> um, so after the social worker leaves, uh, Bobby... Uh, oh, after the social worker leaves, we do get the scene the social worker going around to check with the neighbors. Um, yep. Dale Talks does Dale. defend Hank. So Boomhauer is telling the social worker he'd never do it. Yeah. He just talks to Dale and Boomhauer, right? I I think it's just Dale and Boomhauer, yes. Yeah. Um, that's I all did that love I the scene down. with Dale. Um, he also mentions the narrow urethra, but yes, like him yelling at Nancy for the beers and then nancy like we also get the establishment of nancy cheating on dale with john redcorn but i yes, thought that that's gonna say the way that they paced out that scene like there was such a good punchline at the end that was like easy to miss of like nancy leaves gets in the car with john redcorn and then he calls for joseph yep so like just you just see john redcorn and then joseph comes in and it's like so obvious like obviously we all know because we've seen the show but like that mm -hmm. as a character reveal was so fucking funny yeah i imagine that joke landed really really well whenever yeah. it aired i mean i hadn't yeah. watched this uh, episode in so long and it landed for me just kind of looking at it with fresh yeah. eyes like that is such a funny concept that dale like even never has any clue does it ever get established in the show that like Dale knows there's there's some episodes that tiptoe around it it comes up a couple of times but I don't think he ever actually ends up knowing I guess we'll find out 
yeah, I guess we'll find out. Mark this down in the pilot. Uh, but yeah, we meet John Redcorn by sight here. Um, I think it's funny. Nancy says, healing takes time, Shug. <laughs> She's for like, her migraine. Having those headaches for 12 years. Yep. And and Joseph so, yeah, is meet... like about that old too. Yeah. So we meet good. Joseph and Nancy and John Redcorn there uh, in that scene. And then, yeah, uh, the social worker does go to Boomhauer. Uh, Boomhauer seems to be upset because nobody has been returning his calls about a dog or something. Yeah. Kind of uh, and dang old TV and... programs all the time. It's Gavin over every time they put on them dang old Looney Tunes come on they put my mouth full of frosted flakes, man. Can't hear a dang old thing. Something exactly. like that. <laughs> there's a there's some real fun Boomhauer chatter early on in the episode where they're talking about watching Seinfeld. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's in one I of think the Boomhauer's chatter might be my favorite thing about this show like he might be my yeah. favorite character it's so funny yeah mm-hmm. it's and also it's been one of my favorite things i think it would be a fun thing to do maybe on a future episode a segment where we cast a live action king of the hill movie well, for because sure. the choice for Boomhauer is so obvious you want to say it with me matthew mcconaughey Jim key who king and michael <laughs> uh uh japanese prime minister uh kichi miyazawa (laughs) no i was trying to make a keegan michael key but i ended up ashing together jordan peele and keegan jordan michael peele it didn't land it's the pilot (laughs) it's okay yeah got a lot of kinks to work out one being that uh we can't see you (laughs) yeah Chris is coming um, at us in 280p. Uh, who did you actually say, though? Did you say Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, I said Matthew McConaughey. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But Definitely future segment, maybe. We we cast the live-action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just for our listeners, just for fun, if you're ever in Austin, Texas, and you want a nice joke to play on your friends, uh, if you're just out and about at a restaurant, um, just give us an, is that Matthew McConaughey? Anytime you're in Austin, it's a really fun joke. I've been in Austin with you so many times, and I've never heard you make that joke. I don't think I thought it up until you moved away. Uh, well, well, next time. Yeah, so after the uh, sparker goes and checks with the alley mates, we get Bobby and Joseph in the backyard. And Bobby and Joseph are making fun of Hank and doing impressions. Um, And social worker hears these impressions over the fence uh, and thinks that it is Hank talking to Bobby. And so the social worker um, escalates the situation. When we come back from commercial break, we see Hank... Uh, has come into the kitchen with a pair of Luann's underwear. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's talking to Peggy <laughs> about how these were on his, uh, you know, his uh, treadmill or whatever. Um, Luann, oh, he, he, um, Hank's like, you got to have a talk with her. And then he's like, Luann, honey, can you come here? And he's like, not now. Not while I'm here. Not while, not while I'm here. Um, Hank Luann is comes definitely like afraid of Luann which is like hey. they established that from the get-go, but it's so mm-hmm. funny. He has absolutely no idea what to do with a teenage girl. And she 
comes in crying, right? She's and, crying. Like she's, talking about how her mom is in jail her, and her mom had saved half a beer and daddy like drank. He threw it away to fight. Yep. And she said it's going to be then, on real stories, real stories of the highway patrol, which is a real show, yeah. by the way. Oh, really? That's a real TV just a, like a take on cops. No, that's an actual show. I looked it up. It ran in the 90s. So that was a, a yeah. another reference to a real thing. Nice. Well, uh, yeah, she mentions their trailer gets turned over. She's really upset. And then part of why she's upset is because um, the wig that she's been styling for hair school, uh, I guess, got destroyed whenever the trailer flipped over. So Hank, doing his best to comfort Luann, says, um, they're there. You'll style a new wig even better than the old one. And he's like, hey, I'll let you use my tools. And that seems to <laughs> pacify Luann, which I thought was funny because it's like, what are his tools going to do? So after we get the uh, the scene in the kitchen, that's when the social worker shows back up, tries to take Bobby away. Hank kicks him out of the house and off of his lawn. Um, this is also the first time we see Ladybird. Yep. Ladybird does some barking uh, as Hank is uh, shooing the social worker on his property. Um, so we see Ladybird there, uh, and then after we get the scene with the balls. Oh, okay. And that's where he mentions he's from LA. We get a little bit of anti-LA sentiment, mm -hmm. which is always yeah. funny yeah. and a very Texas mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, definitely um, an easy villain to make in a show that in Texas is uh, yeah. is a weak-wristed man from california a weak-wristed bureaucrat <laughs> um, weak-wristed twig boy first... bureaucrat so this is the first we get that character's name and i was trying to figure out what his name was the episode is anthony anthony okay he doesn't ever come back though does his name he? anthony i he guess we'll see. shipped, shipped um, back to la but uh, yeah i guess we'll find out he gets shipped back to la um but his his Basically chastises him in a very good job. He asks if he talked to the little coach. Um, and essentially, Anthony gets kicked off of case. Um, the soldier then, the uh, the boss, then calls the house. Bobby answers the phone uh, and is told that uh, the investigation is off. But Bobby keeps that information to himself. And that kind yeah, of he says, big says wrong number for the rest of the episode. Yep. Yeah, Around yes, that time, wrong we also get like once Bobby starts kind of like playing with the fact that Hank doesn't know that the invest investigation has get gotten called off. We get the establishment of Bobby saying that he wants to do comedy. Like he mentions going and I don't remember like what job he says he wants to have, but it was definitely like a show business one and like basically saying like well dad can't stop me now because mm -hmm. i can do whatever i want essentially which yeah relatable the rest of the episodes really is really touching and i think is where they start to you know show what the show is really show what the show that's that's great verbiage um <laughs> where they they kind of oh <laughs> They kind of like the heart, the trademark heart and kind of learned at the end of each of the 
the King of the Hill episodes, we get a lot of different um, scenes of, yeah, Bobby and Joseph doing stuff, you know, knocking over a fence, messing with the garage door. Yeah, the garage um, door scene fun... was very funny. Mm-hmm. We get the loud is not allowed. Please return my garage to its factory preset <laughs> down position. And we hilarious. also get that Luann reference around in this in this time of the episode where um, she borrows. She said, "Uncle Hank, I borrowed your truck." I think she says it wasn't starting right, so I blew the fuel line clean. Yeah, there was like uh, a clog like, in the fuel huh. line. Yeah. So Luann fixes the truck. Yeah, a couple of the, of those scenes of Bobby in, kind of messing around and you know kind of twisting hank's arm that he can't do anything this isn't you know appropriate parent child language or whatever another call comes to the house this time peggy answers uh and it is the boss of the social worker following up and um peggy finds out that bobby has known the investigation is off for a while so she goes to talk to bobby and that's where it's revealed that, you know, Bobby doesn't think that Hank loves him mm-hmm. all of the time. And, you know, suddenly it's kind of like you're in your heartstrings. Yeah. On the episode for it, Peggy goes to talk to Hank. You see Hank being, you know, generally very upset about the situation. He's laying on the bed face down and um, he says he, you know, is afraid to lose his little boy. So, you know, yeah. it's real and serious. Hank. It's funny line. Let's see. Um, I think Peggy says, like, half of them that your love is unconditional. And Hank goes, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't tell my son I love him. He goes, yeah. you know how I was raised. And then we get a flashback. Oh, yeah. The uh, cotton establishment. It's the, it's the first time we see cotton in the flashback as well. And that um, really so is, like, side characters. I wrote down, like, in big letters and circled it, daddy issues. <laughs> like, that's basically what this episode is about. That's the yes. The overarching theme is Hank has That's... daddy ish- daddy issues, and that is causing Bobby to also have daddy issues. But Hank is trying to like break the cycle, but like is mm-hmm. still also so hesitant to like say I love you to Bobby, which is just such a like dude of that generation thing. Yes, definitely. I think you've kind of stumbled on the crux of maybe the entire show. We did it. <laughs> podcast over we can end the show now the entire thing yeah. we don't need to do an episode two uh but yeah we get we get our first glimpse of cotton and uh young childhood hank which every time there's flashbacks to child hank yeah. always cracks me up because he looks exactly the same yeah that would be a good prequel or if they had like a full episode that was like just young hank and like dale and bill boomhauer i would watch they give us some flashbacks of that group as kids a couple times we see them later on in further seasons we we them i think in middle school and high school them as young kids on camp trips so we do get some flashbacks after after that little scene where peggy is talking to hank hank outside to talk to bobby oh before we get there one other thing i had noted um, this is not something I'm sure will come up later. Usually we see Hank in brown shoes, blue jeans, white t-shirt. In the montages of Bobby being mischievous and messing around, we see Hank with a brown overshirt on. Ooh. 
it's not buttoned up but he has like a short sleeve work shirt so he also like, wears a hat a in the the scene in the in the truck and at the baseball game mm-hmm. which seemed rare to me seeing hank in a hat i think he only wears hats whenever there's sports involved yeah as you should as a man yeah yeah but anyways that was just something i noticed he had a brown <laughs> shirt and i was like I wonder how often he's gonna wear that brown shirt again i bet we'll it doesn't see. come back uh, brown shirt count one put it on the board hank goes out back talk to b um i think it's funny we see hank without shoes here but socks on oh, a little foot content that we ever see hank wonder no, if that's they, on wiki uh, feet should we high. check i mean mm. i'm looking now mm-hmm. i know peggy's feet are out there we'll get to the peggy's feet episodes here's a picture okay there's a lot of pictures of oh there is an episode where Peggy does like foot fetish shit, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yes, there is there is a Peggy's episode. It's, it's oh, canon yeah. that she has uh big feet. It, her feet come up more than once. Can't but wait. There's a full episode dedicated to her feet. Um, so Hank comes out in socks to talk to Bobby. <laughs> and <laughs> he's such an unnecessary thing to point out. <laughs> could be necessary for the future we'll see so hank is trying to talk to bobby and he can't get the words out i thought it was was one point in time before he's able to say what he wants to say he like is he's just like ah! and then he goes uh yeah well that was a weird noise i've never made that before <laughs> uh, yeah and, and then he says you uh you know, family like, which i thought was good and then you Bobby, know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And Bobby I, I was like, so I'm, I'm not a disappointment. And he says, damn it, you're my boy. And that one, it got me. Damn it, you're my boy. A lot of, lot of really good uh, establishments yeah. of Hank and Bobby's relationship. Like this episode really solidifies those two characters the most, I think. And especially Hank. Yeah, definitely. Of course. As a... Uh... You know, Bobby and Hank have made up uh, at the end of the episode. They are airboxing as the um, twig boy bureaucrat is riding the bus back to California. Um, and he, you know, says to the man next to him, you see, you see, I told him I hit him. Uh, and I shut up, Twiggy, or whatever. He calls um, him Twig Boy, too. Yeah. Which is, I'm pretty sure I've been called Twig Boy in Texas before. So, oh man, that's is classic. Yeah, classic twig boy. Twiggy. Yeah, liberal twig boy. Twig, twig boy. That was a a very good. Why was there a bus driving right by their house at that moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who who knows? And also that that's in their backyard, so the bus would have happened have to be driving through the down alley. the alley. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's a a don't ask questions type of of situation. Yeah, yeah, but that's the that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the end of the app. Should we do it? Should we crown our hill king? Yes, I think so. All right, so this is the point of the episode where we pick the hill king, the MVP of the app. Uh, this could be based on 
I mean, it's totally up to you. It's it's subjective to your Hill King. It could be who had the best joke deliveries, who had the best character growth, who showed their feet the most often. Mm-hmm. That seems to be something you're interested in. Do you I have mean, a Hill King? For me, the Hill King is going to be Luan. Luan, okay. Because, yes, because Luan is Hank's which is one of the things that had been giving him a lot of grief throughout the episode and something he wasn't able to fix or do himself. So I think I'm giving my my crown of the up to Luann. All right. Put one on the board for Luann, for Crisp. Mine, I got to go with my boy Hank. Obviously, I, I took some notes on just like all of the establishment that we got of Hank's character. One being him being scared of Luann which is hilarious and a through line, but also very caring, like offering for Luann to stay with them, offering to use his tools. Um, So like being very open and giving, but also like terrified of her because she's a young woman. And Bobby's game, that was a good establishment, like Hank wanting Bobby to be like him and like play baseball and play sports and being like frustrated that Bobby like isn't and is just kind of like looking at him and not really paying attention. The daddy issues with cotton and how those relate to Bobby. We got solid establishment of that. And then just him generally being a good dad. He doesn't really understand Bobby or know how to relate to Bobby, but still does a good job being a dad. Dang it. You're my boy style. So your honor, that is my Hill King. For episode one, pilot, King of the Hill, the man himself. Oh! Should you know, we go? I was going to be a bit more original than picking a character. Yeah, I figured you would. You would go with some some left field bullshit like that. But I like to keep it real. Yeah. On this show, okay. I actually yeah. like to definitely keep a it very real. Uh, definitely a very Bobby centric, Bobby and Hank centric. Yeah, episode. I was close to choosing Bobby. I felt that Hank was the right. I, I it it'll be interesting to keep a tally and like a score of who gets the most Hill Kings. Should we come to a consensus between the two of us on who it should be or do we each get to choose one? Mm, no, I think we can each choose one. Okay, cool. So we'll keep track and then maybe at the end of every season we have the overall tally for who's the Hill King of the season. And then the entire series, because we are going to do all 13 seasons. And the reboot when that comes out. Should we go to our final segment now? Yes. All right. You ready for it? This segment is called This Week in Arlen. God dang it, Bobby, God dang it, Bobby, God dang it, God dang it, Bobby, God dang it, Bobby, God dang it, God dang it, Bobby, God dang it, Bobby, God dang it, God dang it, Bobby, God dang it, Bobby, God dang it, Bobby, 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 This Week in Arlen. A presentation by Brad Hild. So January 12th, 1997 is when this episode came out. Uh, this segment, I'm basically just going to talk. Two days after my birthday. Ah. Or a year and two days. So you me. turned how born, old no, here? that's not right. No, that is incorrect. Uh, I was born in 93 on January 10th. Okay. So I was... So famously not four. your birthday? When this came out. 
Okay. I would have been six. Famously close to my birthday. So on this segment, I'm basically just going to talk about what was going on in the world on this week in January of 1997. So obviously we know that this was the air date of the first episode of King of the Hill. I found some promo material that would have run uh, for King of the Hill. But first I found this really cool hand-drawn pencil test that they actually used to pitch the pilot. They like sent this to the Fox executives. I don't know if you've seen this before, but it's gold. Well, Mr. Matoyan, I'd say y'all got the makings of a damn good cartoon here. I mean, you got my wife, Peggy, and she's real smart. She teaches Spanish. I sure do. Yo hablo espanol. Isn't that something? (laughs) And I'm real proud of my boy, Bobby, because he, uh, uh, well, because he's my boy. A bee stung my head. Put some ice on it, son. And Luann's living with us now since the tornado. Hello, Hollywood. Love your movies. <laughs> She'll probably be real good for ratings, the way she dresses. Of course, uh, I got my neighbors, too. Dale, Bill, and old Boomhauer. Hi. Howdy. Dang old TV executive think you're calling you about a million and a half times now. Gripe about y'all every time the dang old Loon Tunes come on, y'all put on that, that, that dang old Melrose place. Old Boomhauer ain't right. Uh, neither is Dale, really. And uh, come to think of it, Bill tried to cut his own hair with a weed whacker. Anyway, it's going to be a real funny show, i tell you what. Oh, and uh, I got some ideas for advertisers, if you put us on the air. Uh, trucks, pork rinds, we eat a lot of those in our house, barbecue sauce, uh, Jensen's blood dough balls, that's a fishing bait, <laughs> you don't want to eat those, propane tanks, those guys that'll stuff a deer's head for you, uh, hickory smoked bacon. <laughs> so that was our very, very first exposure to the show. Uh, The number one song in the U.S. at the time this week was Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Also, I Believe I Can Fly. Here's a little taste. The start of this music video is unhinged, man. Like, what a fucking way to start a music video. Dude just flips over a car. Seems to be fine, but he's dead. But banger, absolute banger. So as I believe I can fly. Number one movie was Evita, which I had never heard of. It's a hit musical based on the life of Ava Perron, starring Antonio Mm. Banderas and Madonna. Yeah, I was going to say, man, that looks lit. Yeah. Second second highest was Jerry Maguire. This was the second week, I believe, of Jerry Maguire being in theaters. Um, Our boy Tom Cruise up at the top here show me the money style uh the magic beat the raptors 88 85 on this sunday evening uh horace Uh grant dropped 22 points yeah we love to hear about the raptors losing um after king of the hill uh the 23rd people's choice awards aired on cbs um a couple notable winners uh cosby won uh, favorite new tv comedy favorite male tv performer was tim allen 
for home improvement, I'm guessing. Favorite TV mm-hmm. comedy, Seinfeld coming back in there. Dramatic motion picture, we got Independence Day, classic. Favorite comedy was Nutty Professor, also a classic. Mel Gibson won something. I was like scrolling through the list of winners. There are a lot of people who have been canceled on that list. Cosby, yeah, Gibson, Will Smith, and Independence Day. It was yeah, Jeff Bezos' 33rd birthday, oh, geez, January 12th. What? Oh, I was going to say such movies uh, really encapsulate it right there. I can't really hear you. You're breaking up. The technical difficulties mm. persist. The difficulty. And you are super frozen. <laughs> We'll plug along. At least we've got a separate audio file. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'll sound fine. Uh, one of my favorite Simpsons episode aired right after this. Uh, the one that was a crossover with the Twilight Zone. Have you ever seen that one? Oh. It's called the Springfield mm. Files. Mulder and Scully from the Twilight Zone are on the episode, and there's like an alien in Springfield. Yeah. That aired this day, right before King of the Hill. And this is a glimpse at the actual TV guide from that night. Hmm. So Simpsons World World's Greatest Animal Outtakes was on right before The Simpsons. So oh like God, I used to like love those types play. of shows. Yeah. Oh my God. And then X-Files so followed King of the Hill, which is interesting. So mm-hmm. it was sandwiched in between an X-Files episode of The Simpsons and then an episode of The X-Files, which is cool. Touched by an Angel was up against King of the Hill. Uh, Men Behaving Badly, which I've never heard of, and the Steve Harvey Show. And then you got America's Funniest Home Videos up there. Yeah. This is a, a just a classic Sunday night of American television. Oh, man. We, we loved AFV in our house. Still, oh, yeah. I still love a uh, Belation video show. I mean, And this a- would have a- still a- been Bob Saget, America's Funniest yes. Home Videos. This would, have been, this would have been Bob Saget. A- yeah. AFV uh, really walked so that ridiculousness could run. <laughs> or just YouTube in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's it. That is uh, this week in Arlen. What'd you think? Was that uh, useful information that. To, to know? I think so. All right. I guess... Uh, should we end it there? Should we end the episode there? Yeah, I think so. Uh, next episode is season one, episode two, Square Peg. All right, we'll be back so we'll next back. week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Hill Kings out.